Receive now the Word of God spoken from Psalm 119, verses 9 through 13. Hear now the Word of the Lord. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. I remind you as I did this morning that that this is God's holy and inspired word. It contains all that we need for life and godliness. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Let's once again pray. Oh Lord, Heavenly Father, please sanctify Your Word. Your Word, Jesus said, is truth. Sanctify it to our hearts. Sanctify it on this Your Lord's Day which You have set aside and sanctified it. Please, show us mercy. We have no right to... to 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 You to reveal Your words, but You have so inspired Your truth that we have access to it. And for that, we thank You, O Lord. So bless us this day. Sanctify Your Word, for Your Word is truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My mother used to say um, in a strong southern accent, I declare. I think I've even heard uh, some of you say that as well. She passed that on from her mother and probably her mother before that. This was an old southern statement about something that she heard which was particularly profound or interesting. However, we need to reclaim it as not just a a southern statement or sentiment, but as a biblical response to learning God's word. And thus, having learned it, we must declare it. To everyone who will give us, to everyone who gives us an occasion, we begin with what we learned last week, verse twelve. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. In that sermon, we said that a growing believer must be teachable, or you will never grow at all. This you know from experience. I illustrated this uh, from uh, the unteachable mechanic or the, the teacher or the seminary student. 
An unteachable spirit gives evidence of a non-growing Christian. Also, I demonstrated this from the New Testament. I reminded you that if you have the indwelling spirit, he teaches you all things about Christ. And you should learn, as the disciples asked, how to pray of Jesus, how to pray, how to be a faithful man or woman, and how to do every good work. This does not come without being taught. Thus, a growing Christian is teachable. And also, I taught this from Psalm 119, that if you are taught the word of God, God is the teacher of his word. And that you must be taught by God continually. This only happens by the grace of God. Having been taught the word of God from the mouth of God, you have been ready to declare it from the top of your lungs. That the grace you have received from God. By God's providence, this is highly relevant for me and my family. On Monday or Tuesday, we are going to a place where the word of God has not been declared perhaps for many years. I have asked all of you in the prayer meeting to pray for me when you get the the occasion that I would be given boldness to speak the truth as it is found in Christ Jesus that many lost people would hear the word of truth and thus be saved. With my lips, we would declare, I would declare all the judgments of your mouth and thus many lost people will be found. Therefore, I thank the Lord for providing me this text to preach on while I am considering these things in earnest. And herein lies the doctrine of the text. If you have been taught by the Lord, you must be willing to declare his judgments with words. If you have been taught by the Lord, you must be willing to declare his judgments with words. I'll explain that in due time. In the exposition, we will first describe the duty of proclamation. And the second, we will ask, what do we proclaim? First, the duty, and then second, the question, before we move on to applications. Let us take the duty first. Having been taught by the Lord from the Lord's mouth, you have the obligation of revealing that to fallen humanity. This is the duty, yea, the privilege of what we are to do. It is a privilege, having been taught by God according to the word of God, to then proclaim the gracious workings of that God through his grace. However, to establish the case, we will break all the key words down in this passage. First, let us take, I declare. The King James and the New King James say, I recount. That is a fine translation. But more often, translations say, I declare. The Vulgate says, I have pronounced. 
And the Greek Old Testament, interesting, interestingly renders a form of proclamation of the gospel. But the Hebrew word has at its root the form of this word is safar. The nominal form is an inscription, writing, document, or a scroll, such as the table of the nations in Genesis 5.1. This is the book of the generations of the sons of Adam. And yet in the verbal form, this is to proclaim or make known. At the center of this passage, if the author of Psalm 119 is to be faithful, he must be willing to proclaim, declare, or make known, or preach the book of God's rules or God's judgments with his mouth. However, that is extremely difficult, isn't it? Unless you are a gifted evangelist, like D.L. Moody, who, who made the resolution to share the gospel daily, one time a day. And there were many occasions where he evangelized more and to countless, uh, countless of his hearers. We are such failures, aren't we? We are such failures if we don't proclaim the word of truth. We don't evangelize for maybe weeks at a time or months at a time or perhaps even years at a time. However, for that, we need to repent. However, the author of Psalm 119 says that he is entirely dependent upon God's grace to enable him to proclaim. Let me tell you what I mean. Like I said last week, this verb is in the peel stem, which, as Eric may know, it is necessarily causative. That means the author says, with my lips, I declare the rules of your mouth. If you cause me to do this, if you graciously cause me to proclaim the rules of your mouth, I then, I, I only will do this if you graciously cause me to proclaim it. If we have become Christians, you are saved by grace. However, we are still dependent on grace. As the hymn writer John Newton said, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that, hour, that grace appear the hour I first believed." This is his conversion, but he continues, "'Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come.'" His grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. We depend on the grace of God when we first believed, but if God doesn't cause us to walk by grace daily, hourly, we will not remain believers. If God saved us by grace, he would be a, a cruel taskmaster if he then viewed us in light of the covenant of works. 
But the God of the Bible does not do that. He deals with us by grace and saved us by grace. And by grace, he will lead us home to the celestial gates. So if we would ever keep this duty, God would have to cause us by his grace to do this. As Augustine said in his commentary, that is, I have kept silent nothing of thy judgments, which thou didst will should become known to me. The second point under this heading is with my lips, with my lips. Sometimes Christians say things like this. uh, I declare my faith without using so, so much as a word. Have you ever heard that? This is true as far as it goes. You give evidence that you are a Christian by the deeds that you do. But no one ever becomes a a believer without uh, the proclamation of the word of God. I had an old friend who uh, gave evidence without saying a word of his belief. We had his funeral and a young man came to know Christ because of what he had seen from Mr. Paul. Paul confirmed what he believed. Nevertheless, he confirmed what he proclaimed. When this young man came to the beach, I'm from Gulf Shores, do you remember? Paul allowed him to stay with him in his house and shared the gospel with him repeatedly. The young man became a Christian because Paul had confirmed what he declared in life. Needless to say, no one becomes a Christian without hearing the gospel proclaimed. We must share what we have been taught with words or with my lips. If you have been taught by the Lord his word and his statutes, you are equipped to declare it to everyone who gives you an opportunity. The third thing that we must talk about is contained in your rules. Your rules. We read in the ESV, your rules. However, mishpat is best translated, in my opinion, as judgments. The NIV says all your laws. But as I said before, I believe that it is best translated by judgments. It is an express quote, decision by arbitration, or a legal decision, or a legal case, end quote. That is what you are supposed to proclaim, is his judgments, God's judgments, the judgments against fallen humanity, the legal decision against fallen humanity. There is no distinction, as Paul says, between Jews or Gentiles, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is the content of what we are to declare, and these are the judgments of God. And notice that the author of Psalm 119 doesn't just say a few judgments, but he says all of your judgments. The prophet Ezekiel had this command from the Lord, and it it, it is sober, sobering for me. And I trust it will be to you as well. 
chapter 3, verse 16. And at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from me, if I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning. Nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity and you will have delivered your soul. That is a truly sobering word, isn't it? That if God does not cause us by grace to love our neighbors as ourselves, and that this does not stimulate us to to preach, proclaim to our neighbors the judgments of God due to their wickedness or uh, the wickedness of humankind, we will never do it. But sin ultimately has consequences. If we don't have compassion on our neighbors, His blood will be on our hands. So, pray that God's grace will come upon us so that we care about our neighbor and that their blood will not come on our heads. Fourth and finally, we needed to to discuss all the judgments of your mouth. This means that this man is bound to declare only the things that come from God's mouth. This means that God is a communicative being. That God has communicated to us directly and ultimately from his own mouth. Mark Thompson speaks about this. When Jesus referred to God speaking and to the words found in Scripture as words spoken by God. He was drawing on a rich vein of teaching in the Old Testament. First, I'll take the Old Testament, and then finally the New. The world which was created by the word of His mouth. When God said, let there be light in words, it was so. When God created Adam... He said, let us make man in our own image. And it was with words. When God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, He established him as a prophet to go and tell these words. When the law was established on Mount Sinai, He dedicated them with words, with specifically the ten words, or as we often call it, the Ten Commandments. And he established the prophetic office with the term, thus says the Lord. Like Jeremiah, then the Lord put on his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. God is a communicative being. And finally, in the New Testament, In Hebrews 1, 
long ago, at many times and in, and, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Does this not amaze you? That God would stoop down and speak His own words in in a way that we could understand. Again, does this not amaze you? That God communicates the word of His mouth to us in the Holy Scriptures. That God speaks His words in the pages of Scripture. Augustine says further, that by His mouth we may understand His Word, which He hath discovered unto us in many revelations of the saints and in the two testaments, all which judgments the church ceaseth not to declare at all times with His lips. We now come to the second heading, the question. So what do we proclaim? What do we declare with our lips? We proclaim what is taught in this passage, starting with the judgments of God against sinners. The judgments of God against sinners. That God, the holy God, has set up rules to live by and makes clear judgments against sin and that this reveals God's wrath against sinners. In the Old Testament, God, gives clear, God clearly gives curses or judgments to those who sinned against Him. Leviticus 26.14 But if you will not listen to Me and not do all these commandments, if you spurn My statutes, if, if your soul abhors My rules, so that you will not do all My commandments, but break My covenant, then I will do this to you. Etc., etc. And he goes on to pronounce judgments against the people that despise and do not obey his commandments. The New Testament all also speaks of the judgments of God against sinners. Romans 1.18, whom you all are familiar with. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And also John 3.19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. These are the judgments against God for sinners. Rather, these are the judgments of God against sinners. We declare judgments because if we don't, how can we reveal the second point? God's grace in saving sinners from judgment. If you don't know the need, you can't find the solution, right? What do we declare? 
the gracious work of God in your life. Romans 3.24 says, And are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You have no boast. You did not work to get yourself out of judgment. You remember there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But thank God who graciously sent His Son Jesus to live and die on your behalf so that you might be free from the judgment. For by grace you have been saved so that in the coming ages He might show immeasurable riches of His grace in the kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. A third thing that we need to speak of is this. That faith and repentance are necessary for salvation from judgment. You, you preach the judgment of God and the salvation of sinners only by God's grace. And those who receive it well will repent and believe. But it is not as though you have to do this yourself. If you repent and believe, this is a work of God's saving grace in your life. And he who began a good work in you will complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. Nevertheless, we can speak to anyone who will listen to repent and believe. Repentance is a saving grace whereby we know that we should be judged. We know that beyond a shadow of doubt, the sinfulness and the corruption of the human heart, because we have that heart within us, We know we cannot do any good works because we have none to offer. But only by faith in Christ Jesus, we grasp on to the mercy of God revealed in Jesus Christ by which He takes away the judgment. As John 3.17 says, He did not come into the world to judge the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. These are the things that you declare or proclaim of which are inferred from the judgments of your mouth. So we now come to the applications. And I have, I think, three applications for you. The first is, follow Jesus' example. Follow Christ's example. Follow His example for he said preaching was his very purpose. Mark 1.38, Jesus, Jesus replied, Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for this is why I came out. He came in order to preach, not to perform miracles, not to perform natural wonders. The highest thing, the most important thing, is preaching. All the other things were secondary. But he says, this is the reason why I came out to preach the gospel. Furthermore, Jesus is what we proclaim. Colossians 1, 26-28 I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. To make the word of God fully known, 
the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory, Him we proclaim, warning every, everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all His energy that He powerfully works within me. Him, Christ Jesus, we proclaim. Well, you might say that these are, these are the words of, of, that indicate Paul's ministry or uh, the apostles or preachers of the gospel. Not us, laymen. Well, there is a difference between you and me, you might say. I'm not qualified to proclaim about Christ. Well, I have one more text that may give you hope that you are, in fact, to proclaim if you have experienced the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Acts 8, 2 and 4. And there arose on that, that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were scattered throughout the region of Samaria, except, excuse me, of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Now those who were scattered and, and went about pre- excuse me now those who were scattered and went about preaching the word the Jewish Christians were scattered abroad because of Saul's persecution and that gained steam through Stephen's martyrdom however these who are preaching are common folks Luke did not say the apostles. The apostles stayed behind in Jerusalem. And those who went to Judea and Samaria were undoubtedly disciples of Christ, but were laymen at large. As Martin Lloyd-Jones used to say, they gossiped the word of God. These laymen were busy in gossiping, but not in a sinful sense. They gossiped the word of God, which declares that you are saved only by grace. And you are responsible for this duty. Not just a preacher to proclaim Christ's justification of sinners by grace alone. We must do this. We must go pronounce the judgment of God against sinners. But we also need to proclaim Christ Jesus who died on our behalf and reconciled us to God the Father only through grace alone. If you have, third, if you have received the grace of God in Jesus Christ, now proclaim Him. Just like the demoniac in Mark 5.20, when Jesus healed him, He requested to come with him. But Jesus denied this and said, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. 
And do you know what? The former demoniac, demoniac, did just that. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, the the Decapolis, how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. I end with this quote from Charles Bridges. What might we not do for our fellow sinners if our intercourse or or discourse with them was overflowing uh, with a heart full of love, guided by a single desire to glorify our Savior and to edify His church? What, What must we do to express our love to our neighbor, our fellow sinner, right? And, and, and to edify his church. But hear this, he continues. Fearful indeed is the guilt of sinful silence. And those who thus prove their unfaithfulness to God may well tremble at his awful denunciations. We may well tremble if we don't, by God's grace, perform this duty. By God's grace, may we not be fearful any longer. May that compel us to say, with my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do commit the sin of sinful lips that don't declare the works of grace that you have done in our midst. And fearful are we at your admonitions because we disregard it. May you make us faithful, dare I say, evangelists. Let us go to all the world to declare, to proclaim all the rules of your mouth. The holy rules of your mouth. May we not resist it. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good So let us go and boldly proclaim without fear of consequence, without fear of persecution. May we go and proclaim the word of the gospel of grace to everyone who will hear it. We ask this in Christ's precious and holy name. Amen.